Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Cuba accuses U.S. of destabilizing internal order. Puerto Rico's Luma Energy CEO under arrest warrant. St. Croix Lime Tree Bay Refinery has lead bidder extends auction to November 15. St. Lucia welcomes access to H-2A and H-2B visas. And Bahamas Telecommunication Company shut down warning on mandatory vaccination. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, November 11th. We start a report today in Cuba. Bahamanews.net via Shinua News reports that Cuban Foreign Minister Bruno Rodriguez on Wednesday accused the current U.S. administration of stoking internal destabilization on the island. The Caribbean nation has the right to protect itself from U.S. aggression and safeguard peace, stability, and tranquility that the United States wants to break, he told the diplomatic corp accredited to Cuba. The remarks were made ahead of a nationwide protest over human and civil rights scheduled for November 15, which the Cuban government has accused the United States of being behind and refusal to grant legal permission for. When asked directly at a press briefing on October 26 whether Washington was behind the protest, U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price said, we stand with the right of of the Cuban people and the right of the people everywhere to assemble peacefully to have their voices heard. A number of U.S. officials have voiced support for the protests. Rodrigo said that the Cuban government and people would defend their right to keep the constitutional order amid nationwide celebrations for the island's successful management of the COVID-19 emergency, adding the U.S policy against Cuba is doomed to fail. He also criticized the U.S. entry requirements in response to the pandemic, saying Cuban nationals vaccinated with homegrown vaccines are not permitted to enter the United States. In other Cuban news, via HaitianNews.net, the Cuban Foreign Ministry threatened on Wednesday to take legal actions against Facebook, alleging that the social media network ignored groups trying to manipulate public opinion on the island. Bruno Rodriguez said that the digital platform hosted groups of people residing outside Cuba, specifically in the U.S., who altered algorithms and geotags to simulate their large presence in Cuba to influence opinions and destabilize the Cuban society. As has already happened in other parts of the world, Facebook can be sued for these practices against Cuba in strict adherence to the law, Rodriguez told foreign diplomats accredited to Havana. The minister accused a U.S.-based social media company of fostering an atmosphere of hatred, discrimination, and racial intolerance that undermined the Caribbean island's right for self-determination. PRVR News reports that on Wednesday, a judge in Puerto Rico issued an order to detain the chief executive of the electrical company Luma Energy, accusing him of failing to comply with a court order to provide documents to lawmakers. 
In a dramatic escalation that caused a frenzy on the island, Judge Anthony Suevas Ramos of the Court of First Instance in San Juan issued the arrest order for Wayne Stansby, the head of Luma Energy, the private Canadian-American consortium that began operating the power transmission and distribution system in June. Five months ago, the government privatized the grid in an attempt to leave past problems behind and rebuild. But the first few months of privatization led to more power outages. The judge held Mr. Stansby in contempt of court a day after he had ruled that the company had until 5 p.m. Tuesday to submit the documents requested by the Puerto Rico House of Representatives, where critics of the company are examining whether its executives are being paid high salaries at the expense of hiring more and more experienced line workers. Among the documents sought are details regarding the salaries of top company executives, how many employees are needed to run the system, and receipts and timesheets filed by employees, consultants, and contractors. In a statement on Wednesday evening, Mr. Stansby said his company had complied with the request for the documents and submitted more than 10,000 records. Above all, he said, we want the Puerto Rican people to know that Luma is absolutely committed to the transparency and to meeting all legitimate current and future document requests. Puerto Rico privatized its electrical grid after decades of mismanagement and corruption at its public utility, the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, which still handles power generation for the island's 1.5 million electrical customers. After the private company took over power in June, outages became longer and more frequent. Puerto Ricans took to the streets in protest and demanded that the company's contract be canceled. Governor Pedro R. Perlusi told reporters on Wednesday that the company should comply with the order. As I have said before, the law applies to everyone equally and it must be followed, said Mr. Perlusi of the new Progressive Party. He maintained that he saw no need to cancel the contract, a move that he said would put Puerto Ricans' electrical service at risk. After the arrest orders for Mr. Stansby, lawyers for the company said in a court filing that they had submitted the records. But lawyers for Representative Luis Raul Torres, the lawmaker who sued for the documents, said in a counter filing that the submission appeared to be incomplete. The judge gave Mr. Torres' office an hour to figure out if any documents were missing. Mr. Torres of the Popular Democratic Party said in a news conference held in the Capitol that he had asked the court for more time to review the documents, which were thousands of pages long. The judge then gave lawyers for both sides three hours to meet and go over the documents, keeping the arrest in order. The lawyers were unable to reach an agreement, but the judge suspended the arrest order late on Wednesday afternoon and called back the deputies sent to arrest Mr. Stansby. At an emergency hearing, he said he would not vacate the order until the company and lawmakers agreed that all documents had been submitted. He gave them until 5 p.m. on Monday.
It is the only remedy or recourse that I have available to urge people or persuade them to comply, Judge Nueva said, and I have realized in this case that it has worked. The St. Thomas source reports that a lead bidder has been designated for the purchase of St. Croix's bankrupt Lime Tree Bay refinery, and the auction date has been pushed out to Monday, November 15, as resolved in a hearing in federal bankruptcy court on Wednesday. A lead bidder sets the bottom price that others must meet or exceed in order to compete for the refinery's assets. It is believed that the lead bidder is one of two firms that are proposing to operate the plant. According to the article, sources confirm St. Croix Energy is one of two prospects that have thrown their hats in the ring. Lime Tree has also received several liquidation bids that could compete for the assets on auction day. Its bankruptcy counsel, Jimmy Paris, said those bidders would not operate the plant, but would liquidate its assets by selling off scrap metal and other assets. Bidders have until Friday, November 12, to make good faith cash deposits. The designation of the winning bidder is set for November 18. St. Lucia Times reports that a year-long engagement effort to make St. Lucia an eligible country for visas to fill temporary jobs in the agriculture and non-agricultural sector in the United States was welcomed by St. Lucia Ambassador to the United States, Anton Edmonds. Our colleagues in the consulate in Miami had been focused on identifying employment opportunities for our nationals in Florida, but had highlighted the lack of direct access to H-2 visas as an impediment, Ambassador Edmonds explained. This effort to identify opportunities for employment of St. Lucian nationals was a direct response to conversations between the consulate and senior minister, the Honorable Stevenson King, whose portfolio in 2019 included labor. Inasmuch as H-2 visas had never been issued to St. Lucians, the embassy in 2020 embarked upon an engagement strategy with relevant authorities to secure placement of St. Lucia on the list of eligible nationals. Embassy efforts included highlights the fact that St. Lucians were active participants in work programs in other countries, noting that the country met certain key metrics. When assessing whether to add the country to the H-2 visas list, the Department of Homeland Security, by regulation, considers a variety of issues, including overstay rates of nationals and the transparency of repatriation processes. The Secretary of Homeland Security, with the concurrence of the Secretary of State, designates by notice published in the Federal Register eligible countries. The Tribune reports that the Bahamas telecommunication company Line Staff Union yesterday warned that it will shut the company down if its parent continues to push a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy. Sherry Benjamin, the Bahamas Communication and Public 
Officers Union president told Tribune Business that we're not going to allow any company to come in here and force Bahamians to do something against their will. After cable and wireless communications, Bahama Telecommunications' immediate controlling owner unveiled its vaccine mandate for all employees. Confirming her belief that the permanent contract and temporary could be looking for new jobs if they are not vaccinated by New Year's Day 2022. She added that the union was pinning in its hopes on intervention by the prime minister and the newly elected Davis administration. Philip Davis met with Ng Schmidt, cable and wireless communications chief executive officer, and the Bahamas telecommunications parent leadership team yesterday to discuss their plans for moving the Bahamian carrier forward. But the newspaper was told that the mandatory vaccination issue did not come up as a talking point. Clint Watson, the Prime Minister's press secretary last night, described it as an introductory meeting where the cable and wireless communication team gave a presentation on the Bahama Telecommunication Company's current status and the focus for moving the legacy telecommunications provider forward. The Bahama Telecommunications Company, responding to the union's concern in a statement issued last night in cable and wireless communications name, but on its own letterhead, said that neither itself nor its parent would breach Bahamian law or government policy, a reference seemingly to the fact that the COVID-19 vaccination is not mandatory in this nation. Antigua Newsroom reports that Antigua Cruise Port will begin its upland development project by April 2022. The dynamic enterprise will commit over 25 million U.S. dollars to the creation of an ultra-modern waterfront day club featuring several pools, a state-of-the-art casino, local food and beverage outlets, and approximately 70 to 100 retail spaces for local entrepreneurs. This new exciting attraction will be accessible by cruise ship passengers, other visitors, and locals and residents of all ages. The redevelopment will also include upgrades of the Heritage Quay Shopping Center. The Honorable Charles Fernandez, Minister of Tourism and Investment, celebrated the significance and extensive community benefits of the project. The state-of-the-art day club project will include the implementation of solar panels to supply power and development. The government will also upgrade New Great Street and the surrounding lanes to support these improvements. Construction of the day club will begin in June 2022 and is scheduled to be completed by July 2023. Startup entrepreneurs of the OECS region will be participating in the Eastern Caribbean Green Entrepreneurship Initiative, 
Greenpreneurs Incubator Program over the next 12 weeks. This business support program is aimed at creating green jobs through environmentally and socially driven enterprises and entrepreneurs. OECS Director General Dr. Didicus Jules, in his remarks at the orientation session for the first cohort of the Greenpreneurs Incubator Program, challenged the participants to become leaders in the global climate battle. During the 12-week course of the Greenpreneurs Incubator Program, the selected participants will benefit from mentorship and virtual training from experts across the region to develop their entrepreneurial skills and build their capacity to develop green business models. The participants will also have the opportunity to participate in a pitch competition for $10,000 in grant support of their business development plans. The program is being implemented by the Global Green Growth Institute in collaboration with the OECS Commission with funding from the Quetar Fund for Development. The program is also partnering with national business support organizations across the region and the goal of strengthening the regional ecosystem for green entrepreneurship. The Eastern Caribbean Green Entrepreneurship Initiative will also be an accelerated program that will be launched in the coming months to target high potential green enterprises in the growth rate. This program will offer interest-free loans in amounts up to $50,000, as well as provide participants with structured links to investors. Both programs will prioritize women entrepreneurs and green job creation for women and youth and entrepreneurs in both programs. will have access to be selected to participate in an exchange visit to Quetar to meet and dialogue with Quetari entrepreneurs in the green sector in 2023. Additionally, the programs will further support in building the capacity of local institutions supporting green entrepreneurship at the national level. This will lay the groundwork for the establishment of a permanent regional innovation center to support entrepreneurship in the region in collaboration with governments and regional organizations. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, November 11th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.